Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's Sermon Podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Please join me in our prayer for illumination. God, our light and salvation, make us attentive to your word as a lamp shining in a dark place, so that in seeing your truth, we may live faithful lives until that great day dawns and Christ, the bright morning star, rises in our hearts and souls. Amen. We turn now to God's word this morning beginning with Psalm 40, verses 6 through 12. Let's listen to God's word. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, here I am, in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews, reading from the fifth chapter, verses 11 through 15. About this we have much to say that is hard to explain, since you have become sluggish in hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. And from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 37 through 39. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is the word of the Lord. Dear Lord, may I speak your message made known to me with boldness and humility in service to your gospel. And may those hearing these words and ideas 
more clearly understand your will and purpose here on earth. Thank you for the privilege of learning from you and from each other here. Amen. So God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we pray in our Lord's Prayer. Very powerful prayer, I think. Every Sunday or other times too, right? We know it. So much so that, you know, often it's not even printed in the bulletin or whatever paper we have. We know it if you're Christian for any length of time. It's a powerful prayer. But what, you know, what does it mean for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Isn't God's will God's will everywhere, all the time? I mean, God is God, right? All-powerful, can make things happen whenever, right? Is everything that happens God's will then? Some people say that, you know, critics will say that, well, everything is God's will because God lets it happen. Therefore, it's God's will. And our Bible doesn't really say that. And it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. If God is good and evil happens, how could it be God's will? Evil things do happen and sometimes they're for our good, but hmm. So what actually is the will of God? Does it ever change? It's a big question, big complicated question. And this Bible that we read is very complicated for many people. You got to read a lot of it before you kind of start to get it. In the early parts of the Bible, early parts, like the first five books of the Bible, there's this, you know, Torah, this uh, law, the Moses, law of Moses, that gives not only the Ten Commandments, which some scholars think really that word means suggestions, not commandments. The Ten Suggestions. It works better, don't you think? I don't know. Anyway, there's actually 616 of them, but who's counting? And they say things like, don't eat pork or other animals like that. Um, how you should sleep or, or how you should dispose of untoward things and isolate when diseased and give burned animal sacrifices to God to honor God. That's what it says. And most of that we just don't do anymore. That's a long time, way back. And then in the scripture today, what that was read, it also says from Psalm 40 and other ones, Amos and Hosea, and even Matthew, because Jesus quotes it, that, you know, God doesn't deserve, doesn't, um, doesn't want these burnt offerings. What God wants is open ears. God wants you to hear what God is saying and apply it to your lives. So did the will of God change? Does the will of God change? Of course it does. It changes because our circumstances change, but the principles behind that don't, which is what I'm gonna talk about more. Jesus summed it all up and really kind of made some people back then mad when he summed it all up and said, all these laws are based on two things, loving God as you love as much as you can and loving your neighbor as yourself, as much as you love yourself. Jesus summed it up. 
So on my first slide, oh, there it is. See, there's the earth and heaven. Aren't they beautiful? You seen that picture of earth? Only people who live since like 1960 has seen that. You know that? This picture of earth and how beautiful it is. And lots more we see, right, of the heavens. It also says in the scriptures, they're written on our hearts. So back since like Jeremiah, the prophet's time, God said, I will write these laws, these principles, these ideas on your heart so you know. You won't have to ask each other, should I do this? No. If you have the Holy Spirit written on your heart, these you will know. Okay, well, it's not that easy, is it? But nevertheless, the whole thing is really about more about who we are than what we do. Because every situation changes. So who you are and how you behave in any situation is really more at issue. Because what we do comes out of who we are. What we do shows who we are. And who we are determines what we do. So there's kind of like a synergy there. Do you think that's how it works in heaven? Do you think there are free people in heaven to do what they choose, like in many ways like we can? That's a good question, isn't it? Maybe for another sermon. Jesus said, though, you will know them by the fruit that they bear, the results of what they do. Right? So there's a synergy going on between what's written on our hearts and what we do. There's Matthew 25, which I'm sure many of you have heard. So what do we do? Hungry, people who are hungry, thirsty, a foreigner, naked, sick, sick in prison. And Jesus said, if you take care of the least of these who have these needs, you're doing it to me. So you know what I get from that? I get when we serve people, we are serving God. That's our role, like Erica said. We have this role. So loving people is loving God. Do you think there are hungry, thirsty prisoners in heaven? Something to think about. Then, next slide, there are actions that are not God's will. And it says right there in Proverbs, this is what is not God's will. And I summed it up, the, the scriptures there from uh, New Revised Standard Version underneath, but I summed it up. God hates and detests, the abomination word, arrogance, lying, injustice, evil plans, you know, schemers, desire for evil, if anyone does, and lying. Lying's there twice. Notice that? Lying is there twice. God doesn't like that very much at all. Said it twice. And a troublemaker. And God also does not like one who loves violence. So God doesn't want violence. God doesn't want any of these things. Arrogance, you know, when we look at each other with haughty eyes and say, I'm better than you because I know more than you do. Yeah. It's a total disrespect of others. So that's what God doesn't want. So we know that whatever happens can't be what God wants. 
And then there are principles, and, and there are so many in the Bible. Next slide. This is just a list of them and the scriptures that go along with them. Um, God hates evil, loves good, wants to establish justice, gracious, merciful, blessing, doesn't want to lose anyone. That's what our scripture today said from the gospel reading. And know truth, discern good and evil, unite all things, have knowledge, give thanks, repentance, cheerful giving, righteousness, bear one another's burdens, Holy Spirit to those who ask, wisdom and insight, the mystery of God's will, and gathering all things up in the universe. That's a tall order, don't you think? But it's there, and more in our Bible. There's a whole lot in the Bible. I encourage you to read it. But what are these all? These are all principles that we can use as we go on our journey every day of how God wants us to be and how God is. Because we mirror that. We are God's image. We are to mirror that. So then what do we take from this prayer? Thy will be done. We have to do it too, and we have to speak out. I mean, God will have God's way anyway. But we, what's our role? Well, discernment is the word there, distinguishing between good and evil. And that's not always easy, is it? What's good in this? What's, you know, we have competing needs. So when I have this little exercise that um, a scientist once said that if you put, if you throw marbles on the floor or in a box or whatever, and they splay out the way randomly, whatever way they go, based upon the conditions at the time, that someone will be able to find a pattern in it. They'll take away, you know, the, the, the marbles until they find a pattern. People like to see signs in life as well that way. I see a red cardinal. My loved one told me, when I go, you'll see a red cardinal. You know, they see patterns. And this is just an exercise to, you know, kind of talk about what is discernment. So I, I put these marbles on the ground, and that, next slide, is just it, the same thing turned 90 degrees, right? Anybody see any patterns? Like if you took away some of those marbles, could you make a, an image of something, something? Would it say something to you? Okay, let's turn it one more time. How about now? Any patterns? Okay, the last one. How about now? Do you see a pattern? You know, it took me turning that picture around four times before I could see that there's a cross. There's a cross right in the middle that goes across, isn't there? But you couldn't see it on the other four, the three. Maybe you could. Maybe you're just, you know, really good at that. But it took me... That's what discernment is like. We have to look at things, think about it, have knowledge, truth. We have to have all those things that God wants us to have that are God's will in order to discern good and evil. And the Hebrew scripture said, we need to know the Bible. We need to know God. We need to have it written on our hearts in order for us to choose rightly. 
That's what discernment is. So love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? The Good Samaritan cleared that up. Anyone who's on your journey that you see in need of help. Right? Yeah. What if that's our role? On whatever journey we're on in our lives, which are daily different from each other, what if we need to exhibit God's righteousness, generosity, truth in our daily lives, wherever that might take us? I, there's a story that I heard from Nancy Ammerman, who is a sociologist at, of religion at Boston University School of Theology, and she writes in her book, Sacred Stories, Sacred, Ti- Sacred Tribes, This, about doing God's will where we see it, where we are. Pam Jones, a 46-year-old successful businesswoman, realized that her boss, her superior at her job, was a bit difficult or gruff sometimes, but she had learned to deal with it. She'd been there a while, could figure out what to do with it. And her longevity there gave her some agency, some leeway. However... A a very capable new associate was having trouble with that boss who was often bullying that associate. And because of this, the associate was really faltering, was really regressing in her career, was really affecting this new person. So Nancy says literally, after being up all night worrying about it, praying about it, and also talking to other people who she respected about it, Eventually, Nancy realized that God was asking her to say something, to speak up, to have ears to hear and speak up about what was going on. And so she did. And she said this, you know, I see this happening, you know, here. And, you know, I think you are better than that. God was telling her to call out the sin but love the sinner. You're better than that. Will it cost her? Maybe. When injustice is happening right in front of us, maybe that is God giving us, each of us, an opportunity to do God's will here on earth. And it might not be easy. It might be hard. You might lose from it. You might lose something. And we have to also be discerning of our own motives as to why we're doing what we're doing. Because we can be selfish, can't we? I know I can. Maybe not any of you. We have to be, we have to know what our motives are. We have to know what our actions are, are doing and the result of them. If you can discern that. If discernment eludes you and it's difficult, and it is sometimes, maybe at least what you can do in all of the things or most of the, the interactions that you have with people is give a generous response. Uh, Estella DeRosa, who's a, one of the Stephen ministers here, she brought this up in a Stephen minister training when it really struck me. Give a generous response. You could say gracious, but generous maybe gives you a little bit more semblance to how you need to be generous to the person who's talking to you. Not that you shouldn't call out evil. You should. But this is what's happening. But I think you're better than that. 
Criticism is abundant today, and God hates arrogance, those haughty eyes when we look at each other. And when we give a generous response, it calms, it respects, it unifies, and it conveys our faith in our God. So if you can know what is good, wise, right, just, and true, and then be merciful, gracious, generous, forgiving, and loving, you will be doing God's will in our lives here, bringing that part of this powerful prayer to the light on this earth as it is in heaven. I mean, God will have God's way anyway. What's our role? God will help us when you ask and receive the Holy Spirit and these laws and these principles written on your heart from our heavenly Abba. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.